Welcome to Native Yoga Toddcast. My name is Todd McLaughlin, and I will be your host. If you would like to learn more about our upcoming live stream yoga classes, workshops, teacher trainings, and or our online yoga studio, please visit us at nativeyogacenter.com. Thank you. Sit back, relax, and we hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome. I'm so happy that you're here. Today's guest doesn't need any introduction, uh, David Swenson. David is a huge inspiration to both Tamara and I. He, um, through his DVD slash video of the primary series practices, it was our first intro into Ashtanga Yoga. Uh, first time we watched it, our jaw dropped. We started practicing at home and just fell in love with Ashtanga Yoga. And that's what gave us the impetus to travel to India and go practice. And on uh, a couple days in, while in Mysore, I looked over and in came walking David to practice. And I was the same, I was starstruck, you know, I had that same feeling that maybe you see your, your favorite star, musician, actor, whatever it is. And I was like, Tamara, that's David Swenson right there. Oh my gosh, he's, he's here. I was so pumped. And, and, um, I've had an opportunity to, to practice with him and I just, he's one of my, he's one of my yoga heroes. And so for him to take time today to, to, uh, speak with us, uh, really means a lot. And so thank you, David. And on that note, I think um, that this is this is a really important message. Everything that David has to say, in my opinion, is is so important right now. Um, please check him out at Ashtanga Yoga Productions. So on his website, type in Ashtanga Yoga Productions. And uh, he's got online classes, a whole bunch of videos, books, and you're probably already aware of that by now, but send him some support and some love. And, uh, and um, yeah, let's get started. Here we go. Hello, everyone. And I'd like to introduce you to David Swenson. David, thank you so much for joining today. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. You know, um, uh, I, you're in Hawaii right now. How's Hawaii going? Hawaii is amazing. It's beautiful. And um, as far as the COVID situation, they're really pretty strict here. They shut things down early, so they've got it pretty well managed. That's good to hear. I would imagine um, being a, a small island, that's probably really important. Yeah, it is. I mean, Honolulu's had a few more problems, but um, it is. Yeah, it's easier to contain also, I guess, once you shut it down, but it um, has its own set of difficulties. But yeah, we're happy to be here. Awesome, David. That's really cool. Um, you know, one one reason I'm very excited to have the chance to talk with you today is the the first, my first introduction to Ashtanga Yoga was uh, ordering and from you and receiving uh, on VHS, the primary series. And uh, putting, yeah. sliding that into the old VCR machine and, and watching the demonstration that you did on the, uh, on the, that dock over the water and, um, watching that demonstration is really what got me incredibly excited to, to start practicing to your VHS and, and to, to get into Ashtanga yoga and practice Ashtanga yoga. And, um, so with that being said, I feel like that's pretty, I'm amazed that, 
you had the foresight to kind of start teaching via a video platform during a time frame that was maybe that really wasn't popular or even happening all that much. What year, what year was that, that you first put that out? That was probably around 1995, I think. Yeah. And you're right. It wasn't very popular and I got a lot of flack for that. <laughs> yeah. And, and, uh, I, I, you know, I feel like had I not had that exposure or had a chance to see that maybe I wouldn't, who knows where I would be today, but, um, and then, you know, now we're in a situation where a lot of yoga teachers being that we're working under the pandemic conditions have switched over to teaching primarily via, you know, online and or via zoom, um, or something of that nature. And, uh, so that's quite a transition from 95 where you, you almost cop a little bit of flack for going into the digital world or the analog world at that time into, you know, where we are now, where we're starting to use it on a regular basis. Uh, it seems like you were really ahead of the times. <laughs> well, you know, there were a lot of other types of yoga that had to take it like Rodney Yee, uh-huh. Patricia Walden, and others. But in the world of Ashtanga, there really wasn't then. Um, I reached out to a friend of mine and said, wow, you know, I'm going to get shot down by coming up with this stuff. And <laughs> they said something really funny. They said, well, you know, if you stick your head above the crowd, somebody's bound to throw a tomato. <laughs> That's a good point, <laughs> I right? I got tomatoes thrown at me. <laughs> but honestly, at the time, it, it wasn't even meant to be a substitute for a teacher. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people, especially then, didn't live in a yoga studio. It's not like now yoga studios will... Months ago, they were like 7-Eleven stores. Back then, a lot of people did not have access to a, a, a kitchen anywhere near them, and and they weren't able to travel and stuff, so it was a bridge for them to be able to practice. And what's funny is then I was like, I don't want to do online teaching. I want mm-hmm. to teach in person. You know, the video had its purpose, and I don't want to teach until all this happened. Mm-hmm. And yeah. now I'm in there, and I realized that Zoom is a DVD where the teacher can see the student through the television. It's pretty amazing, <laughs> <Basically>. right? <laughs> yeah. And, and, and honestly, in the Zoom zone is the student saying it gives them a thread. Yeah. You know, it's still a thread of connection. Everyone is isolated, and it's a, you know, a bit of a double-edged sword experience that you're removed, but also there's a, Jump back yet? Your cat just is sleeping on your mat, you know, or (laughs) that kind of stuff in the middle of class. But now I've I've embraced it, and I think that going forward, there will probably be some hybrid version of this, even when studios are again. That yeah, things will probably be zoomed in live at the same time or something. David, I apologize because sometimes it sounds a little bit muffled. I don't know if um. 
You know, we have a bad cell connection out here. I no worries. I've got to move to a different room. That's okay. <laughs> Thank you. That's one challenge is being up country. You don't always have good cell reception. <laughs> no worries at all. We can, we can, uh, I can hear you majority of everything really, really well. I can hear you there good. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> I moved. I'm, I'm standing near a window. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Being in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, further from any other, you know, far far away from a landmass is um, about. I think Hawaii is about as far away as you can get from any large major man landmass. <laughs> it's out here in the ocean, yeah. It's a little <laughs> dot. Oh, that's awesome, David. I hear you. I I know that you um have a close connection. I mean, having you've been teaching for a long time. You got started when you were when you were in your teens. Is that correct? Correct. And um, some of the stories that you've told, or I've I've heard you mention, that um, is really inspiring, is how you you learn from your brother that you got introduced from a family practice situation. Um, on that note, how is your how is your family doing? Is everybody doing okay? Everybody's doing well. Thanks for asking. Awesome. Uh, my, my parents passed away years ago. Yeah. Um, my father in the year two thousand. My mother a few years after that. But. Um, no, my sister and brother are doing fine, and my sister has a family. My brother is teaching yoga and traveling still. So awesome! Yeah. Good to hear. Good to hear. Is the what are you hearing in terms of um, what what are you hearing through the grapevine of yoga in terms of where studios are at and yoga teaching is at? I mean, I know obviously everyone is on a you know a lockdown or or and or staying will, staying put. What I will you, say that. Um, a note of reality and a bit of a sad note is there's going to be a, a high percentage of studios that close and never come back. Yeah. I hear you. Um, that, that's the reality and it's sad and I want to teach in person, but you can't. Whereas an example, one studio in, in England where I would teach, you could put 75 people comfortably in a room with still space around them to teach right now. Their legal capacity is 14 people. Yeah. So they will actually lose money every class that they teach. Yeah. Um, And so they're trying to figure out how can they survive. So they're doing Zooming and that at the same time. And the last class I taught in person in a room with people was in the middle of January. Mm -hmm. Um, Everything I've had this year that just keeps canceling or being pushed to next year. So... It, it, it's sad. I feel really bad for yoga studio owners, large and small, um, because their rents are still high. Yeah. They have this physical space. And even when they are able to teach, they can have so few people in the room. And they spend a lot of their time cleaning and, and preparing for the next class. So it's, it's difficult. I, I feel bad for, for them. And, um, I'm actually allowing a lot of my hosts host studios that used to host me in person mm. to host me on zoom to try to be supportive with them as well. So, nice. Um, That's awesome, David. I hear you. It's, uh, it's definitely going to change the landscape for sure. I, um, we've had, a an interesting go of it and we still are here and kind of just holding on, you know, keeping our, keeping our fingernails kind of <laughs> hold, yeah. hold, holding on. And, uh, so, I, I I appreciate you, um, like you said, like sending support like that, and uh, or you know being you know, staying put, but still being open to even teaching online. I had someone yesterday mention that some teachers are having a really hard time adjusting to 
the digital element and therefore that's also been a part of why they're they're not um they're they're just closing up and and or moving on so um yeah, yeah i hear you david <laughs> do you i i know I mean, I, I, yeah i wish there was something i could do or say that would help but it, it's a struggle it's really hard and it's something you really don't even hear about in media you don't hear about things like yoga studios my wife comes from the world of dance. Mm. Um, the biggest dance companies in the world are shuttered. American Ballet Theater, Pacific Northwest, the Royal Ballet, all around the world. Wow. Because the dancers can't rehearse together because you can't touch each other. Yeah. And even if they could rehearse, you can't perform together. And then there's nobody in the audience. So the symphony and the opera and the ballet and everything is, is suffering. That's a really... Yeah, so the, the world of art and and music and dance and theater and people being able to go to yoga so you know in a way it, it doesn't really help for us to just complain about it because right. that doesn't solve right. it so right what everyone's doing is scrambling <laughs> yeah. like, like yourself you're just scrambling it and you're just yeah. hoping you can pay the rent and yeah. put some food on the table and um, and trying to find a way to either embrace the digital thing just out of necessity yep. or go on to something else. You know, yep. People like, well, I'll, I'll go back to my other profession or I'll do something mm-hmm. else. Or, mm-hmm. um, but I think that if, if somehow you can survive through these most difficult times, you'll probably come through the other side with a very streamlined and strong structure for going forward. I, th- I think you're right, David. I think, I mean, uh, I don't know if this is just the optimism, entrepreneurial optimism to to kind of focus on that element of uh, getting beat up a little bit kind of forces you to, forces us to, uh, you know, figure something out and get a little bit stronger. <clears throat> so I, I, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with that. I'm going to go on that note with you that, that uh, this will only make us stronger somehow but I hear you. I, I'm having the same, same sort of sentiment regarding the challenge of it for sure. Well, we have to evolve. Yeah. And even that's part of yoga, you know, there's a, there's a balance between it all. And if we want to teach and you can't teach that way, you find another way to teach. Right. Um, or like you're doing, you find other, other avenues of expression. Yeah. You can have a podcast, people have blogs, people have um, virtual classes and trainings and whatever someday we have to be able to be in the room again yeah. together I mean, eventually this will turn yeah. and the yeah. world has been through more challenging times with world wars and, and other big pandemics and things humans are resilient um, it's just difficult to see when you're in the thick of it but we have to somehow utilize our practice of yoga as a tool to retain maintain some kind of strength focus on the things we are able to do, be happy that we have this tool because life would be so much harder if we did not have the tool of yoga and stay strong and breathe and remain positive and hopeful. I agree, David. I appreciate that. It's also given me a, uh, I've started to look at like yamas and niyamas in a different light in the respect of that, uh, like yoga, like what we're, we're, we're still, like you said, really lucky to, to be able to practice and to have been introduced to the practice when 
things were conducive for that. And um, something like the the niyama of saucha of cleanliness, it started to make me think like, well, if yoga survived this long and you figure over thousands of years, the amount of different hardships that people have probably gone under over that period of time from its inception to now, and it's still as strong as it is that, um, like, uh, it's making me think about cleanliness in a different way. Whereas before I just kind of thought like, yeah, I should take a shower and, uh, you know, be clean. And, um, but on the realm of, uh, like in terms of staying healthy and, and, uh, little things like say, don't touch your face, don't touch your nose, try to, you know, and then from that element of India where, you know, you only take, um, you know, you only grab things with your right hand and not your left and different things that probably were implemented to help people stay healthy over a long period of time. Um, I don't know. I just kind of think it's definitely making me see things in a different light. <laughs> yeah. Makes sense. Right. I hear you. Um, another uh, question I wanted to ask you, David, is um, one of the one of the things that you had made mention in the past that when you were living in Texas and growing up that um I had a chance to hang around Krishna devotees and, and watch them uh, hand out Bhagavad Gita's and that sort of, and the Bhagavad Gita is an epic story, but I saw that they had a hard time uh, handing them out. And you had made mention that in the past that when you were traversing different yoga cultures that you were in, in that environment in Texas where you were, um, you know, getting people encouraged to do yoga and or the Bhagavad Gita. Can you, would you be willing to relate that story a little bit to us? Well, I wasn't just partially involved in it. I was a full-blown, you know, card-carrying Hare Krishna guy. <laughs> <laughs> I, was a, I was an official member, yeah. Five years, I was a Hare Krishna, and it came at a time when I had learned all of the series of Sangha that all of the asanas, the pranayama, all of the various sequences, etc., and um, was looking for something more. And I went into a Krishna temple, and they seemed to have answers to all of these questions that were percolating within me. Mm-hmm. And so I felt as though I should either try it, or if I didn't, I felt like I was a hypocrite. So I became uh-huh. a Hare Krishna and dove into the philosophy the way of life. I chanted two hours a, a day on my beads. I lived life like a monk. I used one gallon of water to bathe every day. I traveled around the country. Wow. I joined in Texas, but I, I moved all around the world, helping them open temples in places like the Philippines and Hong Kong. And, wow. Um, <clears throat> but yes, yeah, selling Bhagavad Gita <laughs> to rednecks in Dallas, Texas <laughs> was not easy. I... <laughs> I, 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 something about that image just always kind of gives me a little bit of courage when I'm, when I'm feeling like, um, I'm having a hard time, uh, getting people excited about Ashtanga Yoga and Juno. I think, I think about that story sometimes. Well, there was a, a, another funny part of this is, well, there are different ways that you would serve the temple. You know, sometimes you'd be out as a business person, even trying to raise funds. And another was the more common view of a Hare Krishna, you see them on the street, you know, in our robes and shaved head and little ponytail chanting. You go to the other side of the road when you see us. And my mother walks up. 
and we're trying to give out books and she just walks and says, Oh honey, no one will take one of those from you. Give me one. And she takes a book and says, okay, son, well, you know, Lord Christian goes back to work and her friends are like, did you see those freaks out there? And she goes, that's my boy. <laughs> so what I learned from my parents unconditional love. Mm. I realize my parents have, to this day, been my greatest spiritual teachers. They taught me about the most valuable thing. You never judge someone by the color of their skin, their social status, anything. You judge people by the quality of their character. Mm. Um, and with their open-minded, open-hearted approach to life, they taught me not through their words only, but through their actions, the truth of their actions, what true unconditional love is. Mm. And I always give, give them credit for that. Through simple, simple acts like that. Yeah, that is really amazing. That is a, a, a great expression of true love for, for your son to just take that yeah. approach. That is amazing. <laughs> That's something I've always enjoyed how, how much respect and love you have for your folks and, uh, and, uh, that you make mention of that. That's really cool, David. Yeah. Well, you know, um, we wouldn't be here without parents. <laughs> That's a good point. And not everyone gets along with their parents. I will say we were lucky, you know, we had these open-minded parents and they were supportive of their kids and what they did. And, um, so everyone has different relationship and journey and it doesn't mean things are always easy, but they certainly taught me, like I said, a lot. The most valuable lessons. I hear ya. I hear ya, David. What is your uh, daily? What is, I? I. I. I'm guessing. Do you still practice every day? Yeah, but you know, my practice it doesn't look like what you saw me doing on that deck. <laughs> I don't do that every day. <laughs> awesome. I get on my mat and I do what I need to do. And yeah. Honestly, forget that even Patabi Joyce said minimum daily practice is three Surya Namaskar A, three Surya Namaskar B, and the final three postures of closing sequence. Mm. That's like 10 minutes. So this yoga, any yoga, not just the time, but yoga is medicine. It is important to understand that this is medication. Mm. And each person, each phase of their life, apply that medicine, that medication in a different way. And, and even within Ashtanga, people think it's just this hardcore, rigid thing, but actually it can be modified in any way. It's medicine. You can practice harder. You can practice easier. Mm. Oh, there's too many vinyasas. And I say, leave some vinyasas out. Oh, that posture is so hard. And I say, well, work at 60% of your capacity. Don't try 100%. Mm-hmm. We get on the mat and we practice. You know? And so it, it boils down to the simplicity of life is easier when I practice. Mm practice, you know, I'm I'm like a caveman. (laughs) Do yoga feel better? (laughs) No, do yoga. Don't feel good. (laughs) Do yoga. You know, it's simple. (laughs) The only reason anyone should do it. It's a tool. It's medicine. Use it. Oh, man. Don't let people lay a guilt trip on you (laughs) because you didn't do full primary or something. Like, hey, man, people are, are... are struggling and they, they need to have yeah permission to just use this yoga in any way they need to. 
That's where I think your um, the practice manual, your book, is so brilliant because the way you kept it real simple with the explanation and then gave all those really great pictures of how to make things look simple. And I think the the element of being able to move from feeling, like you said, that that guilt or that pressure to try to perform and and then to to use those like simple versions really makes the practice incredibly enjoyable and and pleasant. So I. I got to give you props for, for the way you set that up. I think that's amazing. Well, I got a little trouble for that one. <laughs> I feel like you're ahead of your time on that too. Like just really making that element accessible when, when it can be also made so, so challenging. So that's pretty awesome, David. And, and I know we have a, uh, I'm really appreciative for you taking time out of your day. And I know we just have a couple more minutes here and, Um, when I received your email, uh, this morning, when I woke up that you, that you had some time today to chat, I, I got so excited. And when I came into practice this morning, I, I've been feeling a little bit heavy lately, just, you know, just maybe physically and, you know, just also a little bit, you know, emotionally or, and today I felt really light and I felt, uh, and I felt really positive and, and, um, I just, uh, I just want to express to you how much, how, how just the simple gesture of you um, being willing to chat today really. Uh, of course. It's, it's wonderful. I'm, I'm, <laughs> Thank you. I'm, I'm glad that it <laughs> lightened your day a little bit. Thank you. But I will say that, that if you were not feeling heavy and challenged and sa- a bit sad right now, there'd be something wrong. Yeah. I think you're just right. Just because somebody does, right. does yoga doesn't mean that we don't have emotions. Yeah. When things are sad, we should feel sadness. When they're joyful, we're joyful. It's not you just become some yeah. automatronic, like, you know, no feelings. Being. Yeah, yeah. But through the difficulties, the difference is you get up and you, you work anyway. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like maybe it, sometimes you don't feel like practicing, but you know on the other side of it, you'll feel better. So yeah. um, the practice is, is this tool. and. We're blessed anyway. Yes. And I appreciate you taking the time. We have a <laughs> few more minutes. I can go a little bit beyond the, <laughs> the four o'clock time. Awesome. Is there, is there something that I know I've been kind of directing questions towards you? Is there, is there anything that's been on your mind? Um, I mean, obviously I'm sure there's a lot on your Any mind, but that I have for you? <laughs> oh, oh, <laughs> not necessarily for me or, but, but, but something, uh, sure. But, or, or something that, uh, I don't know. Is there, is there something that, you know, before we do go that beyond what you've already said, I feel like what everything you, that you've mentioned really hits the nail on the head for where we're at today. And, um, yeah. So there's one thing we haven't, haven't really mentioned. We spoke about COVID, but there's also the reality of, racial issues, mm. you know, and sometimes even in, in the world of yoga, people don't want to talk about this stuff, but they just say, we're all one. Mm. But everybody says, well, we're just, we're all one. We're the same, but that's not true. If that were true, everyone would be treated, treated equally. Mm. And they are not. Mm. I grew up in the South. I've witnessed all this stuff with severe racism. There were lynchings. My father was a criminal defense attorney Mm. representing people for serious crimes that they were charged with, but the only real crime was the color of their skin. Mm. He had people call him in the middle of the night and say, Mr. Swinson, you got to get me out of this jail or I'll be dead. Mm. 
before mm. morning. They'll kill me. Wow. I'm married to a black woman, which would have been illegal not that many years ago. Mm. Yeah? yeah. And so the whole issue is it's real. And in real death, we have to see the reality of the big picture of, of everything. Yeah. And mm. sometimes this isn't, this is a bit of a generalization, but we have to be careful that in the world of yoga, sometimes everybody's, oh, it's all peace and love and we're all fine and we get along. But that's only true when you're surrounded by people that think exactly like you. Mm. As soon as there's someone with a different opinion, it's a big fight. Mm. And so why are we surprised that people can't get along when even yoga people can't agree on things, oh, even little things? Like, do you point your foot? Do you not point your foot? <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh yeah, they're doing some kind of yoga, but God, we're doing the real yoga. You know, it's all nonsense. Yeah. That kind of an attitude. Yeah. And also, it's it's part of yoga to dive into the reality of situations. And if if at least one big purpose of yoga is to increase prana in our body, the next question is, then what do you do? We have to be careful we don't turn, turn yoga just into some selfish endeavor. Mm. Me, me, me. I, I, I. I want this. I want that. Once we get those positive vibes and that good energy in our body, it is our responsibility and duty to go out and share that mm. in magnanimous ways or simple ways. When people are suffering, you put your hand out and help them. Yeah? Yes. And get involved in, in things. Yeah. And... Um, people need to vote. They need to get in, involved in whatever's happening in their communities. Try to find a way to open our minds and speak with people with difference of opinion. Go make friends with people that look different than you. Mm -hmm. um, try to try to find ways to create what is the goal of all of this: to have respect for one another in real ways, not just in rhetoric but in our actions. And mm -hmm. so the, the practice of yoga goes beyond and it gets into areas and realms that are uncomfortable. Just like when you practice in some posture that's not very comfortable, yeah. you know, yeah. just leave it out. You know, we need to we need to keep our eyes open and not just ignore things or gloss over things. Good by, or, or, you know, have some superiority complex that, well, I do yoga, so, you know, the whole world should, like, bow down to me or something. Mm -hmm. The world doesn't care that we do yoga. The world doesn't care that you do yoga. That's a good point. But the, the, the manifestation of positive action through the energy we gain from yoga is a testament to the benefit of yoga. That's true. By taking whatever positive energy we've got and sharing that and shining it out in whatever ways you can, that's the proof that yoga works. Otherwise, it's just, you know, we're, we're just hoarding the energy. We're hoarding love. Mm. Right now, the world needs love. It needs huh. energy. It needs positive life force. And, and there's a lot of anger. There's frustration. There's rage. Well, you know, there's violence in, in streets sometimes, but you have to understand that like Newton's law, every action has an equal and opposite reaction. You have to understand that this is a reaction to something else. Yeah. Yeah. Until these things are acknowledged and, and dealt with straight up, and, until there's peace for everyone, how can anyone be peaceful? That's so true. 
Man, I'm glad you brought that up, David. I, I wanted to ask you and go to, go down there with you. And um, I'm glad you were you were brave enough to just jump there <laughs> and be honest you with know, that's yeah. the thing is we can't, Even in an interview, you got to be prepared to, to answer anything. And, yeah. and you had actually asked me, oh, David, do I want to know questions beforehand? I really don't. Yeah. I like to just be able to just speak. And that's another issue of sometimes we think, oh, we can't talk about uncomfortable things. Oh. You know? Uh, when, true. when there's the, the depth, it's like being surrounded by people that all think alike and look alike and eat alike and everything else. Then we're not really open-minded unless everybody's a carbon copy of us. Right. That's so a- it, it's a challenge because this is a really um, a, a time of great opposition and force and fighting and, and division. But all of this was predicted. You mentioned Bhagavad Gita. It's predicted in these books, in yeah. these ancient books. Yeah. This is the age of Kali Yuga. They say in this age, at most, life expectancy is 100 years. It's called the age of quarrel and hypocrisy. And they say it will be difficult for even two people to agree on things. Wow. And that yeah. people will look at things that are truly religious and say they're fake. Mm. And look at things that are fake and say they're real. And this was predicted, you know, thousands of years ago. So we can understand why this is happening. But then what can we do to be part of a solution? Mm -hmm. And try to have dialogue with people that are polar opposites to us. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's not possible because people don't want to have that dialogue. Yeah. Yeah. To try to understand and see what's causing the division and why are people hungry for it. There's a hunger for division yeah. rather than unity. It feels that way, and doesn't it? So, yeah. Well, it is. And, yeah. and what's weird is, you know, no difference union, but sometimes it's a union of polar opposites. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so right now it's extremes. And humans tend to find it easier to reside in extremes, extreme situations. The middle path is the Buddha's way. Yeah, so um, hopefully we can take our yoga practice, get that good vibe, that good energy, and try to step out of our normal realms of comfort and, and apply the yoga as a soothing balm to people around us mm. in the way we can. I agree, David. That's, <clears throat> I, I, I really need to hear that. I'm really appreciative of you saying that because, um, I, I definitely feel that there, there's that feeling of like, uh, that animosity and, and then sometimes to just to kind of crawl into the shell and try to get a really hard exterior to, to bounce it all off. But I, I really appreciate hearing that because, um, I think that's really what's going on. And, uh, I think you're right in terms of you asking what, what, what is a solution? I personally like to think that having conversations like this and, and opening up about this and then that, that maybe, um, this could be of some sort of service or some help. Yeah. Hopefully. Want some inspiration? Yes. Go read John Lewis's speech. <laughs> yes. I'm telling you, man, yeah. these people are, are, they're visionaries. 
They're yeah. spiritual. They're strong. Yeah. Check it out. I Read will. John Lewis's speech. Even the, the, the one he wrote that was read after he died. Mm-hmm. These are powerful people. And it's, it's ultimately a positive message, but it's a positive of, of you got to be strong. And get into good trouble, which is part of this thing. <laughs> yeah. Get into good trouble. Right. A book that I've been, or an author that I really love is Ta-Nehisi Coates. And uh, his writing yep. is so powerful. And I love how raw it is and how uncomfortable it can make me feel. And I feel like there's so much um, benefit to, to really listening and being open to, to listening to what people are saying. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, man, on that note, I think we're going to have to All right. end our conversation. We can do it again sometime. Thank I've you. Had a great, thank uh, you, it's David. It's been a pleasure, Todd. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day and send my best to Shelly. And uh, we love you guys. Thank you very much. <laughs> I love you. Take good care of yourself. All the best with your your studio and your endeavors. And I appreciate everything you're doing. Thank Take you good so care much. Of yourself. Thank you, David. Okay. Have a good one. All Bye. right. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Native Yoga Toddcast. We really appreciate it and we hope you enjoyed. Remember that if you'd like to learn more about upcoming classes, workshops, teacher trainings, and our online yoga studio, all of which you can access at nativeyogacenter.com, your support is greatly appreciated. Have a wonderful day.